You could stand at half cut and rep better than these guys. Oh, smart down, and it's called for another foul. And we are back with another episode of From the Rafters. Sam and I are here recording Friday, June 11th with guest Timmy G from the Banner Banter podcast. How are you doing today, man? Good. How are you? Good to be back. Good. Yeah. Welcome back. Appreciate yeah, you coming back coming on the back. show to to talk off season. Unfortunately, Celtic <laughs> season didn't end the way we all wanted. Um, I know you went to a couple of playoff games, didn't you? Didn't you get the chance to go to some? Yeah. Yeah. I went to every, I think uh, out of the, what did they have? 18, 19 games. I think I went to... 15 out of the 18 or 19 that they wow. had. So, All right. Yeah, How was it? Was, uh, How was the garden? It was weird. It was great, but it was more weird than anything. Um, yeah. Obviously, the full capacity uh, game, you know, game, what was that, game four? Yeah. Yeah. Game four. I mean, that was like, I got emotional. Like, it was just that cool to yeah. have to wait in line for a bathroom, you know, just <laughs> have to wait in line to like, get in, you know, like, just like those little things that like you kind of miss because during, the regular season games where there was only like 4,000 people, you could literally see a timeout, run down, go to the bathroom, come back before the timeout was even over. And that's just like not a thing. But um, it was, you know, it was good to see some other season ticket holders and stuff like that and fans going crazy. So it was definitely cool for sure. Game four was epic for about 10 minutes and then it wasn't fun anymore. But I was super jealous of anybody that got to go, including you, just because of how pumped everybody was. They were juiced at the beginning of that game. Yeah, they came out, so, knocked down back-to-back threes. Yeah, the, the start of the game was crazy, and even like the pregame stuff was even crazy. I, I always go to the greatest bar before every game, and it was packed. I'm talking like you couldn't move in there. Like People just are ready to come back and ready to rage. Like it is, <laughs> it, it, It's pretty crazy, and it was a, a good thing it was a weekend. Because I feel like if it was a weekday, people would have rushed in. It wouldn't have been as loud or as crazy. But you're right. Like the first, what, seven minutes of the game, the place was rocking. And then the Nets went on their run. And (laughs) it was just like dead. Now, did you get to go to game three as well? Yes. Uh, So so you got to see Kyrie not show up. That must have been a blast. I (laughs) I wish we got that for game four when it was packed. Like the one thing that I found like really annoying, and maybe this is just the old man in me. But I felt like people were there to boo for Kyrie rather than cheer the Celtics. And to me, that was really, really, really annoying that like people would rather boo Kyrie than hope that the Celtics can can win or they would rather boo Kyrie than see Tatum drop 50 like that. That stuff like really annoyed me. I get the hatred for the guy, but like the team should come first if you're a fan. Yeah, that's a good point, to be honest with you. And. I I understand the excitement to boo Kyrie, especially at that point in the series. Not now, if you're talking about Game Four, it's different because they can't. They're coming off a win now, mm-hmm. but at that point, it looked like they might get swept, and like that's really all you had to cheer for. But I agree. I think I think people need to get their heads right when it comes to what they're yeah, there like, for. There was like five or six kids in front of me midway through the third quarter that started a "We Want Taco" chant. And I wanted to throw oh. each and every single one of them. I was going to ask belt. you that too. Like, uh, off like, the belt. Uh, like, we want taco <laughs> stuff. Drives me nuts. No, like, I get it. Like, 
it's it's I'm telling you, it's something to see him live. It's 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 a one a once in a lifetime opportunity. But third quarter of a playoff game when your season's on the line, like yeah. shut up, like go home, like that that was really annoying to me. Yeah, I hate it when they're losing and people start. It. Yeah, like it should be it should be a winning exclusively if they're winning the yeah, game like, celebration. Like if, no, even if it's five minutes left in the fourth quarter and they're down twenty five, like okay, fine. You know, start it up. But like third quarter with eight minutes to go. Yeah, I know they're down 20, but there's so much basketball left. Like, just stop. <laughs> so. Yeah, no. I mean, I was lucky. I was at the game where Brad we were Stevens both at did his infamous. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Pistons we thing where there. he like yeah. ramped it up. That one. That was great because they were they were killing them. But uh, the, I remember I was going to ask you, like, were you. Uh, hearing the taco chants in the game that they lost like that's just if you're losing the game and it's especially if you're losing an elimination game like come on like have some self-respect at that exactly point. exactly so but overall really cool to be back at the garden for sure can't wait for october glad you know i know shams reported yesterday that they're going back to their regular schedule which i i yeah. think is great for everyone involved the players the fans mm -hmm. the people who work for the teams you name it for sure yeah, as, as yeah. a fan i'm pumped because we don't have a super short off season, which wasn't good for the players last season. Obviously, with you know the the failure of all the teams that went deep, uh, aside from Denver, mm -hmm. you know now you've got still a shortened off season, but it should be enough for everybody to get their rest. So I'm, exactly. I'm pumped. Yeah, you're not going to have as, that awkward as long, time. Where as long as Tatum doesn't play for Team USA, I know he wants to. I know he deserves to. But as long as he doesn't play for Team USA, I'm. I'm excited for everyone getting rest. I do. I do not want to see him play for another month straight because, you know, team yeah. is going to go deep, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got to keep the, uh, you know, you can't if Tatum gets hurt in Team USA or anybody plays or smart plays, because last year, what Kemba, Smart, Tatum and Brown all played for Team USA. Right. And yeah. So, and that was FIBA Cup thing. thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so and they lost. So, I mean, if it wasn't bad enough that they played, they, they got sick. <laughs> so. Uh, all, all embarrassing all around. But um, the biggest news I would argue of the offseason came the day after. They gave us no rest, no rest for the weary, I suppose. Brad Stevens taking Danny Ainge's job, Danny Ainge retiring, all that good stuff. You've heard it all before. But now comes the part where they have to hire a new head coach. And before I start just listing off candidates, because he started his interview process, obviously, the other day, is there anybody that stands out to you that you want to see as the next Celtics head coach? I do, but I, mine is a stretch because I'm looking I think for I remember someone. This, yeah, yeah, I'm looking for someone with experience. Like I get the whole player coach thing. I really do. I think they do need someone that's a little bit more vocal than Brad, for sure. I see all that. I just don't see how, for example, Chauncey Billups, who's only coached for one year as the fourth assistant on the Clippers, is going to make shots go in, make them rebound better, and all this stuff. So, like, I just don't – I don't see that approach. I want to go with Danny Craig. I know no one really knows who that is. He's actually from Chelmsford, Massachusetts. He's a local kid. He coached for the uh, Miami Heat for about 10 years under Spolster's system, even when LeBron, D. Wade, Chris Bosh were all there. Then went to the G League for a year, won the G League Coach of the Year, and won a championship in that one year. Right after that, Eric Spolstra hired him to be his associate head coach, took them to the bubble, left the Heat, and is now the associate head coach for the Los Angeles Clippers, where 
Chauncey Billups is currently coaching right now. So I would like to see Danny Craig as the head coach. Then you can bring in Chauncey Billups as your associate head coach. That way you have that player coach leadership with someone who is actually coached before with a lot of experience. To me, that's the best of both worlds. Because I just don't like my whole thing is the Celtics offense took a dip last year. I mean, I think the year before they were fourth in offensive rating this year was 10th. I think it was only like a half a point difference, but we have never seen Chauncey Billups run an offensive system before in our lives. Everyone supposedly hated yeah. that. Yeah. So how do we know that the offense is going to be better? The, the focus should be defense. And yes, having a player coach will obviously help them yell at the guys because defense is all about effort. But I just think having a coach that has kind of seen it all under a very good coach in Spolstra, who I think we can all agree is a top three head coach in the league. Yep. And then under Tylon, you know, Ty Lu, who is a former player coach who also has rings. I feel like it would just be a better fit to have a coach with experience than versus some guy that the media likes. That's just me personally. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know I have my pick for head coach. Uh, I'm curious to hear your your argument there, Sam, but uh, I'll let you take your reins first. No, I, I mean, I like I'm you know me, Jack. I'm always for the local guy. I think we need more local talent on the Celtics. You know, I, I would love to have had them get Bruce Brown when they had the chance. Uh, yep. I think having a local coach is good. You have somebody that understands not that people don't understand as outsiders, but, you know, growing up around here, you understand the significance of the team, the history, things like that. Uh, it's sad we have to talk about this, but is Danny Craig a white guy? Yes, yes, yeah, he is. People won't yeah, be happy about a, that if they hire he's about a white guy. He's uh, a six-foot, like, he's very, very short. Like, I want to say, like, Tremont Waters height really? uh, type of coach. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's very short. Uh, I don't want to say a little pudgy, but definitely has a dad bod. For sure. But I also think that like I, I understand the whole race aspect of it. But I think if you can bring in someone like Chauncey Billups and bring in other players of color as well to help, you know, kind of like the Evan Turner thing. Brad yeah. brought in Evan Turner this year to kind of help the locker room. And if you can bring a couple more coaches of color to help Danny and Chauncey, I think it may not make, you know, the woke media happy. But I think, you know, you, you can't probably bring back what Brad Stevens had, which was a majority of white people minus Jerome Allen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a problem. I don't care who it is. As long as they coach well, it's fine with me. But uh, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. It, it's overblown. I mean, when Stephen A. Smith got upset when Brad Stevens got Danny's job, like, and he was saying the players should have been upset because he was not a black guy, like, it doesn't matter. Like, if they think he's the right guy, if he's white, black, man, woman, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. that's how it should be absolutely if, mm -hmm. I, I personally think sam cassell would be interesting only because he's someone that played here that's my number two choice like yeah, if there you obviously go. being more realistic danny's probably not a realistic thing um, i'm just trying to you know stir the pot a little bit but sam cassell used to play here really close with garnett i really want garnett to kind of come back into the organization now that a rod bought the timberwolves he doesn't want anything to do with that timberwolves are probably going to move to seattle so if kg can come back help a little bit not a coach but just help a little bit with one of his really really good friends in sam cassell sam cassell has a crap load of coaching experience especially under doc rivers i think we all like doc rivers as a coach yeah minus a few playoff series you know three one losses but like sam cassell is 
the much light year better choice for, I think, the Celtics than Chauncey Billups is. I agree with that 100%. Because yeah. if you're talking just in terms of even coaching experience, Sam Cassell's got that. And it's just because everyone knows, oh, Chauncey Billups, all-star name. He must be the better. No, that's not how coaching works, <clears throat> realistically. And I know, Sam, you made the point the other week. How many, you know, amazing NBA players turned into amazing coaches? Jason Kidd, look at that. Look how that head coaching gig worked out for him. You know, Larry Bird was the only one you mentioned. Then, you know, he came co- and coached. Bird's sleeper pick, center, by but, the way, for me. Yeah. <laughs> Last time we did the show, I was like, mm, they should they should go after Larry. See if he wants yeah, to go. No, he 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 doesn't want anything to do with the NBA <laughs> no. anymore. He's he's good. But like, you know, you could even say like Steve Kerr. Like, yes, yeah, Steve Kerr is a very good coach, but he also has a top five player in the league. And then you yep. could look at Steve Nash, and he has three first ballot future Hall of Famers on our team, uh, on their team. So I mean, no offense against Tatum and Brown, but like they're not on the level of Durant, Curry, Harden, and Kyrie. So for John C. Billups to walk in and just give these keys to some young kids who haven't seen it all, I, I just don't think that's going to work. Agree. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I feel like I, I, I agree with you guys in the sense that I don't really care who the next head coach is as long as they can do the job well. Mm-hmm. I feel like a part of the idea of hiring a black head coach is for the players. I feel like some of the players are probably pushing for it, uh, if anything, which I, I can't speak to personally. Obviously, I'm not an insider. I'm not woes or shams or anything like that. But if I had to guess why they're going in that direction, I would have to imagine it has something to do <clears throat> with the players vouching for that, which, again, is fine by me. I think most of the you know top candidates for the job are coaches of color. You're talking Darvin Ham, Ime Udoka even, uh, and in terms of assistant coaches, like I think any of them would do a great job. Um, and then some of these sleeper picks, I think would be great. Even, you know, going and hiring a woman, Carol Lawson, Becky Hammond, I think would both make great head coaches regardless. It's just a matter of what Brad Stevens thinks will fit the team best. And I just, I, it's going to be so weird seeing someone other than Brad Stevens coach Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So I, I'm looking forward to that more than anything. Cause I think a change of pace, cause in his press conference, Brad Stevens said something along the lines of, a fresh perspective will help this team. And I think what he meant by that is somebody different might, you know, be able to push them forward a little more. Cause I'm not one of those people that's saying, Oh, Brad lost the locker room. Cause that's stupid. That's so, that's just the dumbest take in the world. But another guy coming in here, bringing his own ideas to a, a team that has only played through a heavily defensive system, I, I think could do wonders for the way they play basketball. So that's what I'm looking forward to most. Um, before we jump into, you know, other offseason stuff, is there any other ideas you had about the head coaching job you wanted to share? No, I, and I'm really glad you brought up that Brad quote because that was Brad basically saying, hey, I've tried every single thing in my bag. And, you know, it is what it is. But I also want Jason and Jalen to be a part of this process. And I think that they will be. The Celtics would be stupid to make them not be a part of it. But, um, Jack, just like you said, like, Jalen and Jason – got really, really good, and became all-stars under Brad Stevens. Can the next coach make them all NBA guys? That, I think, is also something that really has to be a focus on. Like, yeah, sure, the new locker room. Yeah, sure, they got to be defensive, you know, have a little bit more of a defensive mindset because they were awful on defense this year. The, you know, the offense wasn't ideal, but it didn't make a big, a big a drop as the defense did. So can... This new coach literally make Jalen and Jason two of the top five best two-way players in the league. That has to be a priority because if they're just going to stay where they are, I don't think Tatum's going to do that, but I could see Jalen just staying where he is. 
that's not going to help the team. Right. Do you are you in on the conspiracy that Brad's only they they really wanted to fire Brad, but they're only keeping him because they owe him so much money? Because I've heard I, that fly okay. around. I if you were to list the 10 reasons why all of this happened, that's probably number six. I don't think it's like top two or three reasons, but I definitely do think it's a part of it, just not like a good chunk of it. Because the interesting thing about the Brad Stevens contract is we never actually found out how many years it was when they announced right. it and how much money it was. Danny Ainge said it on Toucher and Rich, like, oh, he's going to be here for another six years. But again, still not the money. So, like, did they overpay him? Like, did is he getting pop money? Because that's, I mean, no offense to Brad. I'm a Brad Stevens guy for life. But, like, he doesn't deserve Eric Spolstra or pop money. You know, like, right. he, yeah. he just doesn't. Yeah. And he hasn't won yet. Or yeah, he exactly. Didn't he hasn't won yet. Like, There's sure, no the Eastern Conference Finals things are cute and adorable and all, but, like, he hasn't, like, got them, like, over that, like, next step. So it's – I do think it's part of it because I think it's a huge chunk of change. Mm -hmm. But I also wouldn't be surprised in two years if Brad can't be the GM if the Celtics kind of push him to go find another job so they don't have to pay him anymore. I right. think yeah. Brad – I will say this. I think Brad is going to be on a very short leash. Mm. You think he'll do well? I don't know, because, like, I talked about it in my podcast, like, after they announced it, and, like, I feel like the only thing that, like, Brad has ever traded before is, like, maybe pogs or slammers, like, at recess, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, like, what has Brad Stevens, like, actually traded in his life? And, like, he's, he doesn't talk to agents. His wife is his agent. Yeah. So, like, he's not on the phone talking to these agents. So, like, if this big six-year extension, it was all from his wife. So, like, how is brad gonna talk to these players to be like you should stay or like is his wife gonna get involved like you know like <laughs> obviously that's not the case but like that part is scary to me but he knows what's best for the team because he's been around these guys and he has seen them grow which i think is being drastically underrated or mm -hmm. under talked about i should say because like he yeah. knows what jason needs he knows what jalen needs he knows what kemba might need whatever the case may be but I think that's a big part of why they did keep him. Yeah. See, the one thing that scares me, which I talked about on our, our last show when the news was, you know, fresh, is Brad has this super nice guy persona around the league, right? Yep. He's, he, he never fights. He never argues. He's And when he does get fired up, that people are always like, oh, you know something goes wrong when Brad's fired up. So <laughs> is he going to be able to make those tough decisions is my thing. Because Danny Ainge, uh, you know, as great of a jam as he was, he left some tough, tough, tough decisions in the lap of Brad Stevens for this immediate future, right? We're talking Kemba Walker's contract, Marcus Smart's contract extension, Evan Fournier's contract extension. And even if they're not quote-unquote important in terms of whether or not you should do them, they're crucial for the makeup of this team moving forward. So now Absolutely. he's going to have to make these tough decisions. And hey, maybe he has to cut a guy. Is he going to be able to do that? Because like you said, he's built connections with these players over the last five years or however long he's been the coach and these players have been on the team. Like, can he cut Shemi Ojale without, you know, crying in his lap? I, of course, I'm, I'm confident Brad will be able to do the job. Yeah, fine. yeah. But you I know also, what I'm saying, right? Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I also think, from you know some of the reports that are out, Brad wasn't happy about the Miles Turner thing. I think Brad really wanted Miles Turner, and I yeah. think because of that, if let's just say Marcus Smart was part of the deal, and Brad doesn't like how Marcus is in the locker room, I think it will be easier for him to get rid of Marcus than it would be someone else. 
I think Brad definitely likes the guys that he likes. Unfortunately, one of them is number 12, which stinks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my man. I love uh, Grant Williams. <laughs> but, like, I, I, I do see your point. Like, overall, like, can, does Brad have, like, the, the uh, testicular fortitude to do what it takes to, like, make Great sure word. that, like, to make Great sure that word. this is a business and not buddy-buddy? Because that was one thing about the press conference. I don't know if that annoyed you guys. They kept talking about how close they all are together. How, like, they're, like, almost like the wolf pack from The Hangover. You know, like, three best friends that anyone could have. Like, And to me, I thought that was really annoying. Like, I get that's, like, what Celtics Pride's all about, like, being a family. But, like, the same time, like, you got to be a little bit of an a-hole. You know, it's a business, and yeah. your job is to bring back – you know, bring Banner 18 here and you can't be nice to Shemi Ojale. You know, you get rid of him, you know, like. I, I think they understand. I think he, see, I disagreed with Jack big time last week just because I was, I was fired up. I was all for it. But, I mean, he he's an adult. He can He can get rid of these guys. He understands. I mean, he still has to not play those guys. Like, he's still telling them they're not getting minutes. Like, it's similar, but. I mean, tell them they yeah, don't have a job. I, I just think it's easier to tell someone, hey, you're going to be on the bench tonight, then uh, we're going to get rid of you and your million-dollar contract. Yeah. Because no. that's like, you know, their family's like on the line. But I do see your point. Like, he already has that kind of relationship where he may be like, hey, why don't you come in here? Let's have a man-to-man conversation on why you're not getting minutes. So that's definitely a good point that he already has that. It's just, you know, telling someone that they're getting cut, that's that's no joke. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's big time. And Brad Stevens, if he wants to be a successful GM, GM, sorry, he has to do that. And in more importantly, which is what I kind of want to get into next, he has to make sure he gets the right stuff in return. So whether that's, you know, getting rid of Chevy Ojale because he thinks he can find somebody better, he needs to get somebody better to bring into that spot. Whether that's trading Marcus or trading Kemba, he needs to bring somebody back valuable to the team. And I think the Kemba trade is definitely going to make that more difficult uh, on him than anything. So I want to talk about Kemba trades first and then get into Marcus and then get into, you know, free agents or whatever. Kemba Walker reports lately and the team want to break up. You know, there's obviously conflicting reports out there saying, oh, no, that news is fake, that they're fine. But then you have this big report from Bleacher Report um, saying Kemba Walker was mad that Danny Ainge tried to trade him on draft night and now wants to break up with the team, which, in my opinion, tanks his trade value even more because team knows teams know the Celtics have to trade him. So right now it's looking like you can get next to nothing for Kemba Walker. Even worse, you have to attach a draft pick to him, which realistically might not be the end of the world because I'm kind of sick of the Celtics just making these picks. I do not hoping... want the Celtics to be involved in the NBA draft this year. I will riot. Yeah. This okay. team cannot so... get younger. This team has to get older <laughs> immediately. I do Great. not want another 19-year-old kid that we're going to have to wait two to, two or three years to develop. I can't stand it anymore. Like yeah. Aaron Neesmith is going to be the last one for at least two <laughs> years. Like, that's it. I, I can't okay. do it anymore. I can't. So let me propose a couple ideas to you then. Because okay. first of all, Celtics have the 16th pick in the draft this year, right? Right around where they've been the past couple of years. They yep. took Romeo. They took Neesmith. Neesmith is fine. Romeo is TBD in my opinion. Uh, you can say he's been great. Had but a good playoffs, though. There are a couple teams out there who could be willing to take on Kemba's contract that also need draft picks. The Thunder are obviously the one that stick out, but the two to me are the Timberwolves and the Rockets because both of them could ha- could lose their first-round picks this year. 
mm-hmm. right? The Rockets fall out of their draft. I, I don't know the exact parameters. Yeah. They drop it to the Thunder because of the Westbrook trade. The Timberwolves fall out of the top three, which they're not projected to be in anyways. They lose it to the Warriors. Timberwolves just had a terrible, terrible season. And they might lose their top pick. You give them Kemba, who would objectively probably make their team better at this point anyways, and the 16th overall pick for the package I came up in my head. Ricky Rubio, Juancho Hernan Gomez, and another role player. Not good. But you get off the Kemba contract, you bring in a couple role players to play off the bench. Ricky Rubio is that playmaking point guard for for now, at the very least, unless you want to start Pritchard or Smart, which you probably would want to do. And then for the Rockets, you're looking at it, you could get Avery Bradley, um, Mm. DJ Augustine, something else, like a small package there. But you get off the contract is the big thing. So those are the two that stick out to me as the most plausible because I understand the Al Horford thing could be possible. I understand, you know, oh, swap him for John Wall. John Wall makes more money. I don't like that idea either. But those are the two to me that I prefer the most. So I'd love to know your thoughts on a potential chemistry. Well, instead of Rubio, why not D'Angelo Russell? That's what I was thinking. Because they don't like him there. Yeah. yeah. Well, the only reason why I say that is like D'Angelo Russell, I think, went to the Timberwolves thinking he could be a, a number two guy. And he's not. And now he's going to be the number three guy with how much Anthony Edwards improved during the season. So to me, if if Evan Fournier walks, you need a third scoring option because Marcus Smart ain't it. As he shouldn't be. Yes, exactly. So I would rather have D'Angelo Russell because he can also bring up the ball a little bit. I want to see more point Tatum this upcoming season, but that, you know, that's a different conversation, but the Rubio thing does make sense. The, the, uh, who was the other one? Herman Gomez. Herman Gomez. And then yeah, like, like a Jake Lehman or something. Like, just, I, I know you're, I, I know you're a grant guy and, and I'm sorry <laughs> that you are, but like, I would rather have, I'd rather have him than grant just because he's a little yeah, bit yeah. bigger. Um, they're probably equal players. They probably both shoot the three point ball at a reasonable rate, not a good rate a reasonable rate. It's just, Grant Williams being a rock that's only like six foot three, it's just not going to help us down the road. Yeah. No, I understand. I my, love my only... Timmy G's disdain for Grant. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Romeo Langford and Grant Williams, when I did my draft preview on my podcast, I said I would sell my season tickets if they draft Romeo Langford. And then the next season, I said I would sell my season tickets if they draft Grant Williams. And what do you know? <laughs> they, I, I would obviously never would. I, I just didn't think they'd be great fits because I thought there were better options out there. Yeah, that's fair. No, that's fair. I mean, Brandon Clark getting taken right after. I'm a, I'm a big grand guy myself, but that's that's a tough Yeah, Brandon look. Clark, even Matt Tisthibel. Can you imagine having Matt Tisthibel off, off oh, the bench off this team? Great. Yeah. Well, be a great self. That was the Carson oh. issue. but um, Him and Smart together defensively? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, doubling back to the D'Angelo Russell thing. My one hesitation with Russell is you're running into that same issue where I think Russell is a better playmaker than Kemba and he is definitely is younger but the money would just you know it would put a stranglehold on the Celtics even more how much money is he making he's making 28.6 uh I'm sorry he's making 30 mil then 31.3 then next year after that so he makes D'Angelo Russell god yeah all right well meanwhile Rubio's on a 17 mil next year, but after next year, he's off the books. He's off the books after next year. Clean slate. That's 17 mil opening up. Same thing. Juancho's on the books for 677, which I would argue is a pretty good contract Fine. for a guy yeah. like him. So, uh, and then you got Jake Lehman, who's making 3 mil, which is. And, Kemba, and Kemba's supposed to be making what, like 36? 
35, 36. Yeah. Something like yeah. That. So would Evan Fournier be willing to take next year as his lowest deal of his contract? And then when Rubio leaves, you can add more money. Because yes. the reason why I say that is because if you bring Rubio in at 17 and then you give Fournier eight, 18, you can still afford smart to stay on for one year. And you can, and then obviously you have the max deals of Jason and Jalen. So money wise, that would work out. And your starting yeah. lineup could be Rubio, Fournier, Brown, Tatum, Time Lord. And then off the yeah. bench, you could have smart and Pritchard and oh god yeah and that's about it <laughs> yeah T- thompson tt oh yeah Tristan thompson, thompson yeah, who has yeah. earned the respect of everyone he played well in the playoffs i know it's funny before game three jack on the pregame i told you i wanted him out then he went out and balled out i i told you and i fought you on that statement the and playoffs are right per- the playoffs are perfect for tristan thompson because it's more physical it slows it down a little bit like Regular season Tristan Thompson should be sixth, seventh guy. Yep. But no, I, I like that. Like, what about what about Eric Gordon's deal? Because that was the guy I forgot one. about. Yeah. Okay. Because nothing against Avery Bradley. Love him. I actually won a contest as a season ticket holder, and I actually got a shoot around with Avery Bradley, uh, his so. second year in the league. Um, he he's done. He's not the same player. Like. Yeah. He can't shoot those elbow jumpers that he used to. He's not the same defensively. Like I, I would love to see him back in a Celtics uniform, but and I know you can't. I I can't complain about you know getting if someone's taking a Kemba's contract, but I don't know. I, I would rather have Eric Gordon and someone else than Avery Bradley from yeah. the Rockets. See the Eric Gordon contract. I don't think you'll like very much either, and it is very very long. He makes it's long. It's a problem, 18 yeah. mil next year, 19.5 the year after that, and around 21 the year after that. So he's on okay, for. But but for, I'm I would be okay with that because then if you also sign Fournier, yeah, and then you get rid of Smart and let him walk the following year because you know a team's going to overpay for him and he's not going to take a hometown discount. I wouldn't mind having Eric Gordon, Evan Fournier, together over mm-hmm. Marcus Smart and Kemba. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Um, Eric Gordon, I, I was I'm a big stats guy. I, I know I test I test tells me Eric Gordon's great. He's shot extremely poorly the last two seasons, so I'm a little worried really? he can't stay healthy. He shot thirty-one point seven percent from three. And he played limited games. And then this past season he shot thirty-three from deep. Well, um probably doesn't help game. probably doesn't help that he's not playing with one of the yeah. best assist guys and, in the league and hard. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And the last two years, he's played 36 games in 2019-20 and then only 27 this year. So he's not even on the court, which God. makes it kind of, you know, iffy for me. If so I were to look 100%? at... That's yeah, probably worse ugly. than Marcus. <laughs> it is worse than it Marcus. Is. It's ugly. And he only shot 43% from the field. In 2019-20, he shot 37% from the field. So it's 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 looking rough for Eric Gordon. I think, obviously, he could revive his career on a team as talented as the Celtics has you're not playing with great players. You're not going to have great numbers uh, real- realistically sure. if you're a guy like Gordon, but uh, it's looked rough. And the sad part is there's no one really on the Rockets other than that, unless you're talking John Wall, who can match the contract. Of no, no. I so. mean, John Wall is fantastic, but he's going to take the ball away from Tatum and Brown. And I absolutely do not want that, which is why no. I don't want Damian Lillard here. And I have no problem saying that a lot. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, he's going to cost too much anyways. Yeah. He well, would, yeah. If you're, if you're bringing Lillard, you're getting rid of Brown. He's going to be like 33 or 34 very soon. Like he's going to, it's, 
his time is ticking. Yeah, I know he's unbelievable, and I could watch Damian Lillard play basketball all damn day long. But like, I don't know. You'd have to give up so much for him, and that's like, that's another thing that just drives me nuts with Celtics fans sometimes. Like Damian Lillard posts a Nipsey Hustle, you know, quote, and now all of a sudden he's coming to Boston, and like they don't think <laughs> about like. Like the three of us, like we could talk about, you know, hey, the contract doesn't work out, but people are like, oh yeah, Jalen Brown, Grant Williams, two first round picks, that should do it for Damian Lillard. No, like, no. no, no, that's not that's not gonna work. Not <laughs> yeah, gonna like work. Just... he. First of all, I love, I love, love, love when players are under contract. Like he's he's still got years on his deal, but like people are trying to recruit him. Like he he has a say in where he's gonna go. No, he like doesn't. they could trade him to Detroit. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, the only say he has right now is who he wants as their next coach, and that's it. Yeah, I will say he does have the respect of the franchise. So if he told them, "Hey, I'd love oh, to go one of these teams," like they would probably try to get him to one of those teams, but they wouldn't let they wouldn't release that because that would no. hurt his trade value for sure. So. For sure. Yep. That that and he's not. You know, it's different than Harden, where Harden you know shot his way out of town, like Lillard. I don't know. It's a different situation. He's not. We'll we'll happily go back there. Lillard is allowed to be frustrated. Yes. Yes. James Harden was not allowed to be frustrated. And I think that's a big difference because the the Trailblazers have always been like right there. But it's never been good enough. And I I understand that frustration. And I think they're going to have to change up how they do things because Dame and CJ are obviously a great duo. But they need someone else. And 45-year-old Carmelo Anthony ain't going to be it. Robert Covington ain't going to be it. So, you know, Norman Powell, maybe, but like, he's a, he's just a really good role guy. Like probably one of the better role guys in the league. Um, but yeah, I, I think they, if the Blazers were to move anyone, it's CJ, not Dan. Yeah. Would you want CJ on the no, Celtics or is that not too much money? He, he does make a lot so of money. much fucking money. Well, I mean, if it's a, f- for Jalen, because the other thing is you have to think no, about no, is like not for Jalen. No, but like next year, if the Celtics are still in this spot, all this Jalen Jason talk now that the media is trying to stir up is going to be 15 times hundred. Oh, plus. yeah. It's going to be real bad if these two can't make them a top three team in the East, in the East. 100%. It's going to be real, yeah. real bad. So I, I think maybe down the road, it's something you do have to think about trying to find someone who has the same deal as Jalen because Jalen's. There's only what three years left in Jalen's deal after this, right? Four, including yeah, this like one, that. yeah. Four, including this one. They get kicked yeah. in last season. Yeah. So, because I'm assuming he has a player option, right? Because it was a five year no. deal. No, he's got this upcoming season, 21, 22, then two more after that. No player option, no team option, no nothing. Yeah, really? so three years. So, literally, in two years, if they don't fix this, they might be sending Jalen somewhere else because that'll be the last year on his deal. They might have to. So that's why this coaching decision, trying to get rid of Kemba to get them more help. I mean, if you can get rid of Kemba and Smart, that's what? $56 million in cap space? It's like, you know, 38 and 18 or 35 and 18, something like that. Like, it's over $50 million. (laughs) All I'm saying, I hope the Heat and the Jazz lose fraternity so Donovan Mitchell and Bam Adebayo can come say hello to the Boston Celtics. I think that'd be great. <laughs> I think that'd be a great fit next to the Jays. But uh, but yeah, you, you mentioned Marcus Smart. I also have a few Smart uh, trade ideas. I published them for Hardwood Houdini oh, today. Oh, so I, I have a few trade ideas. If you're interested uh, in listening to I'm, what I... I'm yes, never interested uh, in these always. Jacks, <laughs> so the way I, I phrased these trades, right? 
the, the start of our article is this Marcus Smart and the Celtics go together like peanut butter and jelly. However, if they're forced to trade him in order to make room or in yep. order to, you know, you know, make other deals that need to be done, these are the three that I would probably prefer. All right. So the first one is going back to somebody you even mentioned. Um, Marcus Martin, Tristan Thompson, you deal out TT2. You get back Miles Turner, Justin Holiday, and a second round pick. You think they'd give us that much? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think so. If you think about how disgruntled Turner has been with an organization, they're well, in a mess. Is it is it the coach or is it the organization? Regardless. I mean, the coach is gone now, yes. Yeah, but so... Turner and Sabonis don't play together. That's their issue. They can't God, play I would... together. I would rather have Sabonis, but that's not going to happen. But no, wow. I mean, would you guys be okay if they didn't bring give us Justin Holiday? Because Justin Holiday is pretty good. I mean, he's not great, but he's quality. He shot forty percent from three this season. So I mean, I'm taking that all day. Maybe they wouldn't give us the second, but I think they would give us. I think they'd trade Justin. What if we have? What if we have to add a pick to it? I'd still do it. Love that. All right, that's that's the best idea I've heard in a while. Like that's just it just (laughs) makes sense for both teams. That's what it really does. Because I see Sam smiling. Because Marcus and Marcus (laughs) and Brogdon would be quite the backcourt with Levert there too. I mean, I think that'd be and Levert, Brogdon, Smart, McConnell would be an ideal backcourt for an Eastern Conference playoff team. That's all I'm saying for sure. And then we need the big. We need yep. someone that can stretch the floor for Turner sure. Doesn't fit with Sabonis. And they play if Sabonis the same... gets hurt, Tristan Thompson can start in the NBA. I mean, exactly. And they could start him at center next to Sabonis if they need to. So that's that's that was my idea, Sam. I see you smiling. I just yeah, I'm understand. laughing I because I don't know if Chloe would like Indiana though. <laughs> that that'd be tough. <laughs> she would not like Indiana very much. Definitely not. I'm laughing because my initial thought was like, that's all you're getting back. And you guys were like, you think they'd really give us that much? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Because no, like, Miles Turner is like, if you put him in the Marcus. right system, he could be one of those like guys that are probably the last coaches cut for the all-star team. If you give him the right situation. And Marcus and Tristan are just two really good, trusted veterans in the league. So yeah. to give up a young guy to give Sabonis a better shot, to give Levert a better shot, to give Brogdon a better shot, and then get two veterans to help them out, I feel like they'd be okay with that. But, I, I Sam, I, I do understand what you're saying, where you're just like, no, that's, yeah. no, <laughs> I want three picks, not one pick. Like, I get that. I, to me, okay. it's just so hard to, to give up Marcus Smart. I think he's just too valuable. No, I, if you look at games three and four, of the net series, yes. But if you look at games one and two. One, he was good. Two, sure. he was not. Two, but like, though, game two happens more than game one. I agree. I think and, he's a big playoff player, though. I sure, think he's absolutely. got a switch that he flips. Sure, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more there. I just think Marcus hurts you more than he helps you. Offensively. Offensively, and, yeah. Correct. And what this team needs right now is someone that they can trust scoring the basketball because they can't trust Kemba. I think they need, I agree they need another scorer and it shouldn't be Marcus. We already said that. I think they still need him defensively because they don't have defense. They didn't have defense this year, but he was on the team so that he's not, you know, out of the woods on that. Sure. Sure. But 
they were at their best when they were playing defense. They ripped off that six-game win streak. They were playing excellent defense. They played uh, solid defense in game three, good defense in game one for three quarters, yeah, like two and a half quarters, and then Brooklyn got hot. They need – you need a player like Marcus Smart to win, I think, on your team. And it's tough. Do he, you? They're rare, but yes. Do you, though? Yes, I do. No, I, I, I can see both sides of the argument because Marcus Smart can be the guy that gives the energy that they need. Yes. But if that's the case, why does everyone want a player coach? Because to me, that's the same thing. Like if you're going to get rid of Marcus Smart, but then have a former player like Sam Cassell come in and yell at the guys the same way Marcus does, maybe yeah. I've always thought this, especially since the bubble when they had that blowout. I think Jalen and Jason are sick of hearing Marcus yelling. I've heard that. That's just me. They're sick of him. That's just me. So in that case, if you can get rid of Marcus, give them another score that helps them stretch the floor, and then you have that other person that can help them yell at them. I can understand why Marcus would, you know, why it's easier to say goodbye to Marcus. Mm -hmm. But if you're just trading Marcus to trade Marcus, I don't agree with that. Okay. Yeah. If 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 that makes sense, like if they're just saying like, oh, we need 18 million. Yeah, we'll take Avery Bradley. And, you know, or we'll just take Ricky Rubio and Herman Gomez and a second round pick for Marcus Smart. Yeah, yeah. Right. He's but, not Kemba. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you're if you're going to trade a really young talent that can help this team on both ends of the floor more than it's weird because like Turner can help more offensively. He was actually one of the leading shot blockers in the league this year, wasn't he? He led the league in blocks. He led yeah. OK. And then so if you kind of if losing Marcus defensively, but helping Miles Turner offensively, like if that can even out, I think it's a fair trade. And, and I think Turner brings something that the Celtics need because this Agreed. wasn't talked about much. When they traded Tice, they traded away their only stretch big man on the whole team. Like Luke Cornett's fine. What about realistically, okay, big man is, I love Grant as much as the next guy. Big man is a stretch. He, he can't, he's not a big man. He, well, he can play small ball center, but. In terms of a big guy who can shoot, Miles Turner is that dude. So, well, um, I, I, think I have two other, more. I think the other thing yeah, with yeah, Trey Marcus Smart is letting the guys know on the team that, like, he's cherished and we got rid of him. So, n- nut up and shut up. Like, it, this ain't going to be a cakewalk for you. Because yeah. if, they can, if you can yeah. get rid of a guy that everyone drools over within the organization and the fans drool over as long as he's playing well, for for the younger guys to see Marcus Smart get traded, that could be a little eye-opening thing for them as well, to be like, all right, we can't be lazadaisical at all in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Jalen Brown saw Isaiah get traded. Tatum was, well, Tatum was yeah. drafted, but he didn't well, have a relationship I, I also yet. think that like the IT thing was obviously the injury thing, but I also think Tatum and Brown didn't know what was going on because I'm one of the big proponents saying that Jalen and Jason getting that much success that early was bad for the organization. Yeah, I, I can see why you would run. say that. In terms of expectations, I agree. In, yeah, exactly. Because now, because they've done that so many times, and I think that's why Hayward left. I think that's one of the reasons why Kyrie left, because they knew the organization was going to focus on the young guys who performed well in good spots. Obviously, it's a good thing. Tatum being in three Eastern Conference finals or Jalen yeah. being in four, that's obviously a very good thing. But I just think it, it has affected a lot of the bigger stars coming here and not coming here because they know the organization cares about those two than they would any, you know, perfect example being Kemba. 
Kemba yeah, is yeah. a all-star, an all-NBA player, one of the best point guards to play in 20 years, and the organization is ready to get rid of him because they care about the two Js instead. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And I do have two more Marcus trades for you if, you, if you're willing to listen. Yeah. I think they're pretty I don't know. Good. That one's going to be really hard to beat. I'll <laughs> yeah. tell you that right yeah. now. I started off hot. These next two, I think you could actually make the argument of, do you think they'd give up that much? But I, I tried to teeter that line a little bit. So uh, sending Marcus home, right? Dallas, obviously. Everyone brings up Dallas. You send Marcus and two seconds, maybe a first, if you don't want to use it anyways. You get Maxi Kleber and Dorian Finney-Smith to Boston to help bolster the bench, patch okay. up the rotations a little bit, bring in two veteran guys. Kleber can play some defense. Six foot ten, can shoot the three. Dorian Finney-Smith, obviously, if you watch the Mavs in the playoffs, he does a little bit of everything, shoots the ball really well. I think that's an even trade-off. You'd also get off salary, and you don't have to worry about paying those guys as much as you'd have to pay Marcus. So I like that idea. But I am only okay with that if Evan Fournier resigns. If Evan yeah, Fournier doesn't fair. resign, I am against that trade. Yeah. Let's talk that's about smart. Fournier and Smart real quick. We can go back to the trades. I don't want to completely I derail it. Anyways, continue. Yeah. I I don't know if you guys saw the Mark Murphy article in the Herald. I want to say he writes for the Herald. Yeah. Yeah. He writes for the Herald. Yeah. He was talking about. No, I don't know how true it is, but f- apparently Fournier is looking to resign, and Marcus is looking to take an extension or something. You know, he's he's not looking to leave. I'm not sure how true it is. It could not be true. I mean, Mark Murphy has been reporting for the Celtics for centuries. I yeah, feel like so him. he he probably has better sources than you know maybe some of the newer guys that are reporting. So I it, it is a good source for sure. But continue. Yeah. So. And I, I'm not positive. Like, I haven't seen in a couple of days. I believe he said Marcus was looking for something team-friendly. Which he already kind of has, something team-friendly. Uh, but, like, okay, so what... But here's the thing. With the cap probably going up after next season because of the TV deal and the ratings are going to come back because things are going to be back to normal. What is team-friendly? Are we talking, like... 12 13 million dollars a year because sure don't tempt me with a good time i'm all for that but if he wants to keep the same money absolutely not that's not team friendly but the issue is even team friendly leaves no room for signing anybody else because the celtics are already so tightly squeezed into that cap anyways well if you get rid of kemba you could sign if you get rid of kemba you could still sign kemba is gone it's not if he's gone. I, I'm, sure, sure. But if, like, if what we're hearing is true that he wants out and the well, team wants out, he's gone. But again, the Celtics may have to pay some of the salary, which could affect yeah. some of that situation. So if Marcus wants to come back for $13 million a year and you get Fournier for 18 or $19 million a year, okay, fine. That's basically one max contract for two reliable NBA players. But if someone wants to come here, and Marcus, even though he signed that team-friendly deal, he better be aware that if someone else wants to come here and like a sign and trade, he's out of here. Like he yeah. needs to know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could happen. Like, sure. I think we all would understand that we want Marcus Smart to be a Celtic for life. Okay, he's. Yep. I'm bought into that narrative too much. I think his well, numbers going to go up if he has the right career. So I want to sure. see it. Yeah, and and I think, but at the same time. Getting rid of Marcus Smart to make the team better, I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like kind of the tough spot. And that's where, you know, where Jack was bringing, or I think both of you brought it up earlier. It's just like, can Brad have that conversation? So if Mm -hmm. he offers an extension to Marcus, and then a year later, Brad's like, dude, 
I'm going to have to trade you. Because, <laughs> you know, can, can he do that? And how does Marcus respond to that? Because that's the other thing. I feel like a lot of these players that have left have spoken poorly about the organization. And if you have Marcus Smart speak poorly about the organization, you are F-U-C-K'd. Oh, yeah. To the 10th degree. So it's it's tricky because you got to keep because Marcus is a hothead. And if you catch him on the wrong day that you have to make a business decision, he could go on social media and just go nuts. And oh, that, yeah. that's scary because the Celtics aren't like that. Kyrie debacle was the worst thing that could happen to the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care that he dropped 40. I don't like he, the fans shouldn't be throwing the water bottle. But for stupid. Yeah. Yeah. But for the media, the national media and players to read and see all the stuff about racism within the city of Boston and, of course, across the country. But to see that and the fact that some people already don't like the organization, I thought that Kyrie stuff was a terrible, terrible thing for the organization going forward, especially since Jason didn't say anything. Jalen said something, which was Mm -hmm. awesome. I wanted to run through a wall. When Jalen uh, said all this stuff, like when he went on that two minute rant, he's so well spoken. He's, he's so well spoken. Like guy. it was, yes, Kyrie's right. B, Kyrie's an idiot. And C, I'm doing my best to make Boston better. Mm-hmm. But to not hear anyone else talk about it from the organization was bad, bad, bad. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating. It's frustrating because so they were all asked about this, it. So they were all asked about it. And they were just like, leave. Would be and speak poorly about the organization. Good God! Yeah, it'd be tough. It would be tough, and I don't think he would do that. But you know, I'm I'm not sure he would do it either. He has, from what I understand, he has a real love for the city and the organization. He has spoken out against the racism, which he should. I mean, people shouldn't be calling him names or slurs or whatever. That story he wrote about was horrendous. Yeah, Yeah. clown behavior from probably a Karen. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, and, and Marcus has dealt with you know, racism before, you know, down in Oklahoma state where yep. he knocked that guy out, you know, like he's dealt with it before, but obviously he was much younger, a lot more immature than, uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, my last Marcus smart trade is probably the most unrealistic, but I do have an explanation if you're willing to listen. Yep. Uh, I wanted to end the article I wrote with a bang and I thought it'd be interesting. So sending Marcus to golden state, right? Golden state wants to compete next year, right? They have yep. Curry, they have Clay, they have Draymond. We're all dwindling down their careers. All still amazing, but you need to make use of that. And if you add Marcus Smart to that team, that that's what? Steph Curry, Marcus Smart backcourt, probably one of the most perfect combinations you could ask for. Clay Thompson at the three, Draymond, blah, blah, blah. Do you know who's not ready to compete right now? And who, I mean, there was kind of like a, eh, do we need this guy? Could use him as trade bait, et cetera. They have a top three pick anyways, probably. Do they need James Wiseman there? I'm just saying, if they're not fond of him, you deal Marcus in a pick or something, you get Wiseman back, and then you have the option, okay, do we want to pay Rob if he can stay on the court at all, or do we want to see if Wiseman can develop? And that gives you two young options at center, and you only have to pay one moving forward. So that that was my last option. It was something like Wiseman and Damian Lee for Marcus Martin picks. Very weird, very interesting, but I thought it was worth noting. (laughs) I'm... There's so many thoughts. Yeah, like, it's weird. It's it's getting weird, but but yeah. Because you you the Time Lord thing is a is a could be the most looked at narrative going into this season, minus the new head coach, because 
the team has an option next summer to pick up his player option, correct? Or is it this summer? It's next summer, uh, right? The Marcus one? No, the, the... Uh, that's a uh, time lord. Wiseman. Doesn't he have like oh, time yeah, lord? Yes, yes. Um, doesn't he have the you know the rookie contract team option? Is that this summer or uh, next? On his payroll, he has next year is the last year of his deal, no options, and that's it. Okay, so this year would be that that option. Mm-hmm. So you could have Time Lord walk next summer. Yep. Trishan Thompson would also be gone, and then you would have James Wiseman under contract for what another three. How how long are rookie deals? Four years, five yeah, years. Yeah, Wiseman would be on, under contract the next three years, and it, it's a big Plus contract. He was a, a high pick, but but uh, yeah. Oh yeah, but, yeah, because it's he's a top three and all. It, that. It's nine nine twelve, so it's not like it's it's like wildly expensive, but it's it's he's a second overall pick, so and and he couldn't stay on the floor this year either. Yeah, right. but that was a, more of a freak injury versus Robert Williams. I, I'm just saying you have the option to choose between. I mean, either. a freak injury. I mean, Robert Williams got turf toe playing basketball. <laughs> I mean that. I mean that's a football injury. I mean they call it yeah. turf toe. They don't yeah. even call it like parquet toe. Like like that. <laughs> like that to me is like re- ridiculous. So yeah, no, I mean that's a good point because especially now that you don't have Tice, Taco is probably going to be gone. He'll probably permanently be in Maine for the rest of his life. Like brutal for Taco. You may not have a center this time next summer if you don't make a trade or a move. And that is the last thing this team needs. Unless they bring back Tice for super cheap. What I don't think Tice is coming back. Daniel Tice is not coming through that door. For business reasons. Like they literally traded him just because of his contract. No other reason. Clown behavior. I when it happened, I was upset. Me too. But like at the same time. I get it. Like, that's that's a sucky that's part business. about the NBA. Yeah. Do. No, but that, that Wiseman one is really interesting because, I mean, Draymond and Marcus would lead the league in technical fouls and suspensions. That would be the perfect fit next year. Easily. Curry. And perfect. then, you know, how many more really MVP-like seasons does Steph have in him? You want to capitalize. I'm just saying. Two or three, maybe. And mm-hmm. then Clay Thompson, I mean, can you trust his legs right now? I mean, the guy has the worst luck in the yeah. world. Yeah. You want to capitalize, you tr- you get Marcus oh, Smart. Interesting. But, we, but we would have to take on more, and that's why you mentioned Damian Lee, right? Yeah. Damian Lee would make the, the contract work, but he's on a very, very, very tiny contract. And he'd who's, be the, uh, who's the guy that Jordan plays for them that's actually from Oakland? His last uh, name is Juan Toscano. Yeah. Anderson. I wouldn't mind him just because he had some flashes. <laughs> Yeah, but he again, jumped over the scorer's table and hurt himself at the garden, yeah. which yeah. is respectable, very yeah. respectable. I don't. He's not, not under contract yet, which is why he's not. Okay, because they converted him from a two-way this year, so unless he signed an extension already, I don't know about. They'd have to sign him, trade him, which would make. I got gotcha. Yeah, no, I mean that Miles Turner one's obviously in the lead, but yeah, that Wiseman yeah. one is you know definitely a from left field type of an idea. That, yeah. But like that's the type of deal that if Brad makes, you say to yourself. Maybe they got something here. Brad's got but the like, balls. Just to like trade Kemba Walker for like, you know, seven second round picks. That's not going to be a great look. <laughs> no. no. I'm sick of the picks. You need, you need some vets. I, I wrote another thing for Hardwood 2D that's not out yet talking about veteran guys they could bring in to help shore up, you know, 
the bench rotation. I know James Ennis was one of them. I think that'd be a great fit. But just just cheap veteran minimum guys even that can replace Shemi Ojale. Even as much as I love him, even replace Grant Williams in that rotation. I'll be the first to admit he doesn't fit the team. Yeah, I, w- I, I want the average age of this team to be over 24 next year. Yeah. Not, not nice. like 22 or 21. That would be nice. That would be nice. But, uh, but yeah, that's all the questions I had. Uh, today and all the all the topics I thought of Sam was there anything else you wanted to bring up <coughs> yeah I want to ask what your I and I'm probably gonna do this for every guest going forward Jack just so you know yeah yeah <laughs> but uh, what's your ideal off season going to be this season like what if you if you are the GM or in charge what do you want to see like how do you undo the Celtic knot that this team has been put into uh, well the first thing is I need you know even though I don't like Romeo I need Romeo and Neesmith to play every single minute possible in the summer league. I need okay. those guys to grow immensely as players, as shooters. I mean, Neesmith definitely improved as a shooter. Uh, Romeo needs to. That is one of the ugliest. It's like jump shots I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it's not it's not Sean Marion like or you know Michael Kidd Gil you know Michael Kidd Gilchrist like, but Romeo is bad. And- Romeo and Neesmith's improvement, I think, has to be one of the top three storylines going into this offseason because if those guys get it and Jalen or Jason do get hurt, you have someone that they're not going to fill their shoes, let's be honest, but someone that can help. This year, no one could help, and that's a big issue. Obviously, I want Time Lord to be healthy, but I think getting rid of Kemba and Marcus and getting a veteran like Evan Fournier and someone like a Norman Powell, just guys that can help hit shots when Tatum and Brown are getting blitzed at or trapped, help them with their ball, um, their ball playmaking skills, all that. I said Alex I, Caruso, which yes. I think is a joke, but I like Alex Caruso. Yeah, like I, I just think you need, uh, you need a coach with – trying to say this the right way. You need a coach with experience. You need the young guys to improve immensely. Mm-hmm. And you need veteran guys that can fill in when they're needed to fill in. I think those are like the three big things that I'm looking for. Player-wise, I really don't know because I feel like there could be so many free agents this year. Yamadar coming over. And <laughs> People are on the hype train I really think that getting a good coach – yeah. With experience. I do not want one of these like one year player, you know, like Steve Nash. I nothing against Steve Nash. I'm sure he's doing a great job in Brooklyn. But to me, that's more about the players and the sitting coach. around watching. Exactly. Yeah. I job. want a coach with good experience. I want the young guys to stay healthy and improve. And I need old people. I need to see some gray in the beards. Like that, <laughs> you know, that is those are really what I'm looking for because if this team gets younger, they're just gonna continuously drop down in the standings. Bingo. Yeah. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I'm all in on Al Horford, man. Kevin for <laughs> Al Swap. I need it. I but, think he's a good fit still. Sure. I also think he was a good fit in Brad Stevens' system. That's true. True. Um, true. But I also, we all, we would also have to accept the fact that Al Horford would be coming off the bench. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. And hopefully Al Horford ex- can. I think he would as well. I think he. I mean, going played, from Jack, not says, being allowed to well play this year, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he played. He actually played, played well. Yeah, yeah. People I forget can look that. Up the numbers quick. Al Horford. I heard that think, once, and I'm just not letting go of it. 
Do you think the Thunder would trade Kemba and Smart for Shea Gildress Alexander? Not a I'm shot. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you never Go know. Back to Facebook, world. Timmy. But, um, <laughs> um, Al Horford in 28 games and 28 starts for the Thunder averaged 14 points, 6.7 rebounds, 3.4 assists on 45-37 shooting mm. splits. Can you imagine having those numbers off the bench? <laughs> Gorgeous. Only twenty-eight. He only played twenty-eight minutes a night. That's yeah, all I, I need. I'd, I'd even give him twenty-two, twenty-three minutes a game, yeah. just like six mm-hmm. minutes a quarter. That's Bring his it. sister back. She can talk shit on Twitter. <laughs> Her, his just, sister. She still does. Yeah, she's great. Horford's great. Uh, yeah, no, I'd love, I'd love him back. I'd love Al Horford back in Boston. I think it'd be a great swap, uh, especially because the third year of his deal, the last year of his deal, is not fully guaranteed, so you could get off some money there. Um, which it, it could cut down from 27 to Good about relationship 14. with Robert Williams. Yeah. Or, you know, Rob. No, I think it's a relationship with all the guys. I think that yeah. like, I, I know a lot of people think that like Al Horford left because he wasn't happy here. I just think Al Horford got a lot more money somewhere else. Oh, he took the you know, bag. like you gotta respect it. You gotta yeah, respect like, it. Yeah. Like the Kyrie and Gordon Hayward thing. Okay, fine. They didn't like it here. Fine. But the Al Horford just, you're not going to offer me that money. Okay, fine. I'll go get it somewhere else. And he deserves that. And he even said if he knew Kemba was coming, things might have been a little bit different. I yeah, it's that. been well documented that he kind of re- not maybe not regrets leaving, but he wishes think. he was playing here. Yeah. Ainge yeah. kind of hinted at on the radio, like you said, Toucher and Rich. He's always on there. He said that to them. He was like, I know there are players like around that have left. Obviously, it's not Irving. It wasn't Gordon Hayward. Probably Kelly Olenek. That's no, right. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, no, Al Horford would be great as long as he accepts a bench rule. I do not want yeah. Al Horford starting basketball games for this basketball team. No. I don't uh, think, I think he would be an issue with that. that. He's, he seems a very malleable guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's all I got. Is there anything else you wanted to say? No or Porzingis, talk about briefly? though. Uh, no Porzingis. Please, no Porzingis. No, no seven-foot no glass man pulls up from three <laughs> on a fast break in game seven. Clown behavior. That was ugly. I t- tweeted about that. That was terrible. But uh, I did, too. Yeah. Thank you so much uh, for joining us today, talking offseason, talking head coaching. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to say before we let you go? No, I'm, I love coming on and chatting with you guys. And, uh, you know, we'll have you guys come to a game with me uh, in October or November. We'll, All we'll right. make sure awesome. it happens. We'll make yeah, sure it happens. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. I appreciate you coming on. Make sure to go follow Timmy G on Twitter, Banner Banter 18. Go listen to podcast, Banner Banter Podcast. Great stuff over there. Uh, you guys can follow us at Banner Town USA. I'm Jack Simone, NBA. And for usual, Sam, wrap us up. Big thanks to Timmy G coming on the pod, uh, second time guest. It's always a good time to have him, two for two with good shows. Uh, you can follow him at Banner Banter 18 on Twitter. Uh, listen to the podcast, of course. Follow Jack at Jack Simone NBA. Follow me at Sam LaFrance NBA. That's our show for today. Bye.